Let's bring in uh, Riley Jensen now, our college football insider. Riley, good morning. Hey, what's happening, guys? Well, transfer portal news. Which linebacker should you fans be excited about? The high school mega superstar? The guy we don't know about who Kyle and his staff are developing who will turn into an NFL guy? Or somebody who's transferring in from Florida who had 89 tackles and was second on the team? Does it does it have to be does it have to be one or the other? Can you not be excited about all of them? Uh, right, you got to play by his rules. Haven't you learned that by now? <laughs> I mean, I just I'm I'm looking at it going, man. This is a position where they have two really mega stars. I mean, at middle linebacker, and they always produce good defensive play. And they need depth, and they need players. And when when you bring in linebackers, it's not like you're, it's not like a quarterback where only one guy can play. I'll bet you that all three of these guys contribute in one way or another. And so I, I think if you're the University of Utah, you're just you're just excited in general about portals, about great high school linebackers, about anybody that's in the program right now because they're, you know they're going to be developed, and you know they're going to play good football. And yet, how surprised were you that the Utes had a quarterback throw for over, over 500 yards against them in a Rose Bowl? Well, that, that, was, that was difficult for me because I, I, and I tweeted out, and I was totally wrong, but I, I tweeted out that they were, were going to win this game because they were winning the line of scrimmage. This was like in the second quarter. And I've just always seen, you know, Coach Shreve Shaw, Coach Morgan Scally, these guys be able to figure out some sort of an answer to what was going on. And look, they were way shorthanded at DB, and I think it was just too much. It was it was too hard for them to be able to overcome. Now, you can make excuses for Ohio State. You can make excuses for Utah. That was a really fun football game to watch. Other than I got a little bit of flashbacks to my dating life like 12 years ago. I mean, that's kind of what I felt like that game was like. You know, you feel like you're doing great. You feel like you're winning. You feel like you have a chance. And then, boom, right at the last second, like, you're, you're not going to win. Oh, yeah, I so, thought like, it, man. You were getting to the end zone a bunch. I did, too. I thought, you know, I thought I was going to take it all the way across the goal line. But, you know, you know. I don't know what you're talking about, but metaphorically speaking is what I was talking about. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> sure. That was a very sure. predictable answer out of PK. You walked him into that. Sure, PK. I know. But, you know, I, that game, I, it, I know that there's been games like that for, for other college football teams in the last five years. But, man, that, if you're a Utah fan, you had to have been feeling a myriad of emotions from, oh my gosh, we're going to dominate to this team, to, uh-oh, what happened, to, oh no, Cam Rising just got knocked out, to, oh, okay, this guy comes in, throws one of his first passes for a touchdown, to, oh man, we just didn't have enough to stop, you know, that, that passing game. But, man, you just got to give a lot of credit. The, the way the season started to the way the season finished for the University of Utah, it's like the first of the year, you, you can barely even remember the, the losses to San Diego State and the difficult start that they had. So BYU and Utah are combined 14-1 and against the Pac-12. And they were 500 in their other games, and that includes beating a couple of big sky schools, one apiece. 
So how much do you think that the local schools have really got something going, are on top of the world, are really ready to build on this and look out, and how much is, well, the Pac-12 had a bunch of teams with quarterback issues, a bunch of teams with interim coaches, and it was a down year, and they did what good teams should do. They, they beat teams having a down year, but don't get too worked up about it. Well, I just don't know. I don't know. I don't think any of us have really known what to expect out of Pac-12. But it seems like every year we're going, oh, well, it was a down year for the Pac-12. And now I'm just kind of going, well, is, is this just what the Pac-12 is? Now that's not to say that that you know BYU is going to go undefeated every year against the Pac-12, and and same with the Utes going, you know, what was it, six and one or something like that against the Pac-12. But I just wonder if maybe we put the Pac-12 on a pedestal. It's just a little higher than what it is. Maybe it's just a notch down from what we thought it was, and that, and that there's going to be opportunities for, you know, good G5 teams, you know, teams like BYU, and and, and other teams to be able to compete against Pac-12 teams uh, going forward in the future. I, I mean, I just don't, I don't see it changing. I mean, you know, they used to call it the wacky whack. I think it's the wacky Pac-12. It's just crazy. Every single year, I have no idea what to expect. You have Oregon beating Ohio State at the beginning of the year, and then they lose to Stanford midway through the year, and then they get blown out by Utah twice at the end of the year. I mean, it's just, it's, I have no idea how to get any consistency or to get a beat on any of these teams. Now, the one thing that I will say, and this is just, this is me thinking outside the box. I do feel like the NIL has a chance, and like I said, it has a chance to help teams like UCLA and USC to build up their programs because there's a lot of money down there. There's a lot of companies that are down there. And I actually feel like the Pac-12 could like maybe balance out the rest of the country if NIL really takes over. I mean, what if United Airlines comes in and gives a kid a $250,000 a year stipend, you know, to represent their airline there at USC? I mean, it's a possibility, right? And all of a sudden, you're getting guys from, you know, that are flipping from Florida State to, to Jacksonville State. There has to be something going on as far as the NIL. It can't just be because you love Deion Sanders, right? So I'm just feeling like there could be an evening up in the Pac-12, especially with all the money that is in Los Angeles. And and I don't think it hurts the University of Utah because that's not what they built their program on. But I think that it could help USC and UCLA to maybe start picking off some of these top talents or maybe just some of these top talents that, are, that, that were right there in L.A. that were going all over the country to, to play football. Okay, but then how does that affect somebody like Utah if they can – can they cash in on it? Because that's the next level that they need to go is, all right, it's been cool to develop these guys, but how about you getting some big-time studs like a Thibodeau who are destined from the NFL probably since the sophomore high school? Well, I think, I think there's two ways to survive in, in today's environment. It's, and one is NIL and two is winning. And right now, Utah's winning. I mean, they're, every, everywhere you turn and everywhere you look – to me, it just keeps getting better and better and better. I mean, look, I have a whole bunch of I have a whole bunch of friends from the University of Utah football team from my era. So you're talking like '97 to like 2000, 
And some of those guys have turned frankly to me and they're like, dude, I don't, and these guys are starters. These guys are contributors to the University of Utah teams back then. And we're not talking about terrible football teams. We're talking about teams that went to bowl games and competed hard and, 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 and even won Mountain West Conference championships or I can't remember if they were, no, they weren't whack back then, but Mountain West Conference championships. And they're looking at me and they're like, dude, I don't even know if I make this team. And, I, and they're positive they don't make the two deep. And so when you look at the University of Utah football team, and when you look at those guys get off the bus, I mean, this is a different level of athletes. It's no different than me at Utah State. When I look at the level of athletes that are at Utah State, it's completely different than when I was there. It's completely different. And, and BYU, I think you could make the same argument as far as athleticism. Now, you can always make arguments for, like, whether the teams were better, whether they came to better together better or or how those things happen, but there is no question right now across the state of Utah, and you can take this down to even like Weber State and Snow College and some of these teams that are that are winning a ton of football games as well. It is a different type of athlete that is stepping off of those buses to play in games than it's ever been in the state of Utah, and it's really fun to watch, and it's exciting to follow and these guys are freaking studs. They're, they're freak athletes. And we're just going to see more and more and more players right now, especially in this, in this little window where Utah State, BYU, and Utah can really take advantage of the seasons that they've had, where, where you're going to see guys coming out of those programs and playing in the NFL and playing in the NFL for a long time. So that talent difference you talk of, well, that's the difference between Ohio State beating Utah 64-6 to or whatever it was back in the 80s and now playing a 48-45 game. But there's still a lot of heavy lifting to be done when you see that the Utes had 17 four-star, four- or five-star athletes and Ohio State had 65. Yeah, I mean, look, it's, 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 it's never as bad as it seems. It's never as good as it gets. Like, there's always going to be something that you can improve. But I think, I mean, I think that whole deal, and I saw that statistic, I don't know if it was tweeted out or whatever, but um, that, that's a real compliment to the coaching, the coaching staff at the University of Utah. These guys are developing people. They're not even close to the amount of players that are going to Ohio State, but they're still winning, and they're still going to Rose Bowls. And for all intents and purposes, those guys, they had Ohio State on the ropes. And, and, and I, you know, as I was thinking about it this weekend, I mean, we've got to give a lot of credit to Andy Ludwig, too. I mean, look at the since he's been back in the program, and then even if you go back to when he was in the program before, I mean, all he does is produces quarterbacks. All he does is produce offense. All he does is produce – I mean, I, I know I joke around about this, but we ran him out of town after the Sugar Bowl, and he averaged like 447 yards offense and like 37 points a game, and people were like, yeah, we just – you know, we got we got to find a new offensive guy, you know. And now he's back, and he's developing quarterbacks like Huntley. He's now found and gotten to Cam Rising and really taking advantage of his talents and the way that he can play. I mean, they're doing some really, really cool things offensively. For whatever reason, there was injuries, and they got kind of snake bit a little bit defensively. But I think – I don't think there's any alarms going off as far as, like, the defense goes. And I – you know, I just see this team playing really, really well going into the future. It's a, it's a fun team to watch. I can tell you this. I look forward as, you know, not a Utah fan, but I look forward to, to watching a University of Utah football team this year more than I've ever liked watching them. And that's not to take away from some of the teams in the past that have been really good, but 
as an offensive guy, as somebody who likes to see the ball moved, and 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 a, and a guy who likes to see good defense as well, the, these University of Utah teams are fun to watch. You know, I'm I'm definitely uh, for next year. I'm I'm tuning in when Cam Rising is playing football. That's a fun quarterback to watch. What'd you make of that uh, Wyoming kid transferring the quarterback transferring to Utah State? Seems like their roster is a little stacked there. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, uh, Peasley went into the portal, then they pick up Wyoming kid. I mean, I my, my brothers were telling me about this, and I didn't see it. I, I don't know if it was on TikTok or if it was on Twitter, but apparently, apparently this quarterback has a girlfriend that's playing volleyball at Utah State, right? And then they were showing somebody else that transferred to Pitt. Oh, it was uh, it was the quarterback Slovis. from USC. Slovis. Yeah, Clovis transfers to to USC because his girlfriend's at Pitt, and I, you know, you start looking at this and you're like, oh, free agency is bringing people together. <laughs> they they weaken knees, Riley. <laughs> they, you no, know, this is bringing people together, PK. They can they can have it all. They don't just have to have Division One scholarships. They can have their girlfriend and Division One scholarships. It's great. So the, <laughs> the interesting part about that transfer to me, though, is, I mean. Bonner's still back. You're going from like starting at Wyoming to like you, you're going to watch for a year. That's interesting to me. I, that's an interesting mindset. That's an interesting thought. Of course, of course, Utah State is going to take as many quarterbacks as it can in that room because they know quarterbacks transfer. So if they can get one in that they think is worthwhile, yeah, of course you're going to take him. Right? Yeah, of course you're going to take him. Where so, is uh, I don't know this. Where does Cooper Legoff fit into all this? Well, I, I, I think he fits in. I mean, I think that's the other reason that it's a little bit of a head-scratcher with this, with this quarterback coming in. I mean, as a coach, look, you're always going to say, like, hey, we want that room to compete. We want Cooper Legato to compete for his job. We want this. We want that, right? And may the best man win. And, and then when, when those guys go and compete, whoever comes out as the, as the winner of that starting position, then, then you're happy with it. Um, it can't feel good though to play as good as you did as Cooper Lega, and then your, your coaches are bringing in somebody else. I mean, it's just like, okay, wait, where where do I stand here? What, what what's my role? I thought I thought I kind of shored this up, you know. And so there'll be interesting conversations. But I think you know, there's been some articles that I've been reading too, like backup quarterbacks. <laughs> That that's going to be a really really hard thing in college football now, uh, because you're you're never safe, you're never safe with the portal. Like it used to be that if you were, you know, Robbie Bosco behind Steve Young or Steve Young behind Jim McMahon, you wait a couple years, you keep developing, you're going to be a really good quarterback, and you're going to go down in the annals of history at your school as a as a really great quarterback. Well, I don't know that that situation exists anymore. You could be a really, really good backup for a really, really good quarterback. You're doing everything that you're supposed to do. You're developing the way you're supposed to do. But then some guy from Central Florida who threw for 4,000 yards and 40 touchdowns next year gets falls in love with your program and reaches out to your coaches and says, I want to transfer there. And then all of a sudden you're the backup for four years or you're in the portal the next thing you know. I mean, look, it's it, it's going to be tough for quarterbacks. You. You look at somebody like Jackson Dart, by, by, all, by all accounts, he played great football this year and had some amazing games this year for USC in a meaningless year for USC. Like the, 
he was out there competing and playing and making great plays for a team that wasn't really competing or making great plays anywhere around him. In fact, that last game of the year that he played against Cal, where he got knocked out, I felt bad for him because it's a meaningless game that they're making up, and half of the players aren't playing. There was, there was like three of his receivers that were like, well, I can't play more than four games or else I lose my red shirt, so I'm sitting out. There was guys that have already you know, said they're going into the draft. Well, now he's played a great year, and Caleb Williams is now in the portal, and he's taking a week off with his family to figure out where he's going to go to school. Well, well, guess what? The head coach at USC just had him last year at Oklahoma, and they threw for a bajillion yards and played awesome. So what are you going to do if you're Jackson Dart and Caleb Williams transfers in? Do you think that's a fair fight? Do you think, do you think that that's a, a place where you can like go, well, geez, man, I gave everything I could. I feel like I've won the locker room over. I feel like I've won my teammates over, but this new coach, if he brings in Caleb Williams, I mean, even if I did win the job, isn't it a short leash? Yeah. You know, so I, it's a tough, it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a tougher position to play than it's ever been because it's free agency without contracts. <laughs> you know, I mean, guy can transfer almost every year without any penalty. Yep. And so all of a sudden it's like, how the freak do I develop into the quarterback I want to be? Really what we're going to see is just the only guys that play quarterback in college are the guys that are freaks coming out of high school that are already six four, two hundred and forty and are already completely developed. There's not going to be a lot of room for, you know, a Baylor Romney that develops into a really good quarterback at BYU. So it's 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 interesting. This whole this NIL I think is going to keep rocking our worlds for probably three to five years before we really get a grip on like what that whole picture looks like. Riley, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Appreciate you guys. Riley Jensen, our college football insider, joining us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Andrew Reinhardt here from Wasatch Medical this morning. And, Andrew, you got a breakthrough treatment. No pills, no injections, no side effects. That's right. If you're out there struggling, guys, in the bedroom, a little bit frustrated, maybe the frequency isn't what it used to be, uh, maybe you've got ED and you don't know what to do, we have helped so many guys at Wasatch Medical uh, technology is changing pretty much all aspects of our life. It's finally changing how we treat ED. The technology is called wave therapy. Uh, we use the two most advanced versions at Wasatch Medical. The pressure waves that it puts out open up and regrow the blood vessels. It's backed by 50 clinical studies saying this is the new standard of care for ED, and it can improve circulation enough you can get off of the pill uh, who doesn't want more blood flow in the bedroom, by the way? And you're seeing guys of all ages? We are. Uh, we treat men from age 20 to age 90. I'd like to think we have seen every single health condition that comes through this door. It's so targeted and proven, it can work for just about any age or category. Our listeners want deals, and you've got a deal. We do. If you're ready to put a stop to your ED, or if you just have questions, Call us now. You'll meet with our MD. Free uh, exam assessment and blood flow ultrasound. Zero obligation to this, by the way. You get the gift. This is worth the trip. Produces immediate results to intimacy. And this is pretty cool and valuable. Blood work and testosterone. If you feel like you have a need, that's free today as well. 
The number to call, 801-901-8000. That's 801-901-8000. Call Andrew at Wasatch Medical Clinic right now. You can claim that special offer, 801-901-8000. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you.